Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today on Missionary Talks, I'm talking with Travis Snowd. Uh, Travis is a missionary in Northern Ireland. Travis, tell us a little bit about uh, your family and how the Lord led you all to Northern Ireland. Well, I grew up in a Christian home. My wife did as well. Uh, Our church had a missions conference every year. It's the Mansell Baptist Temple, Mansell, Ohio. And during uh, the missions conference, when I was nine years old, a missionary came. I believe he's from Holland, actually. And during his presentation, God just, I'd always had an interest in missions and really liked the missionaries, but I felt like the Lord was putting desire in my heart to be a missionary. And so that night in the missions conference, I surrendered to be a missionary as a nine-year-old boy. And I began to pray, and I'd gotten saved when I was nearly five years old. Um, But I began to pray about where and God would have me go. And I developed an interest in the country of Ireland. Different circumstances pointed me that direction. After my wife and I got married in uh, July of 2002, we took a trip over uh, to Ireland, and we visited with a lot of the different missionaries and churches and went to the main cities, and we felt like the Lord just confirmed and gave us peace about coming over. He opened up the doors for us to, to come, and so we uh, continued to raise our support and came here then about five and a half years ago in June 2004. And so at that time, it was just me and my wife, but now we have three children, and they were all three born here in Northern Ireland. So we're glad to be here, and we are having a good time serving the Lord in this part of the world. You felt called to be a missionary when you were nine years old. As you went through your teenage years, is that had that always been your focus, or did you stray off of that any at all? Not a whole lot. I I stayed with that, and I think the Lord and the church and my parents had a lot to do with that. Uh, my parents were very encouraging. They never discouraged me from that. I had youth pastors, and my pastor would encourage me. And I remember in particular one man in our church would always ask me, so you still going to be a missionary? And I said, yep. And so the Lord really helped me. And I, I think like a lot of young people, if I hadn't had that, it had been more of a struggle. And many young people, I think that surrender, maybe forget or do not go and, and follow the Lord's leading simply because they're not encouraged and that's not fostered, it's discouraged. So I had a great support Uh, network there, and it really helped me to stay on track, and it gave me purpose really all through those years because I knew what the Lord wanted me to do, and um, it it helped me to walk close to Him and to stay on track because I had a reason for living, I guess you could say. So, Well, that's that's excellent then. So there was somebody that was encouraging you through those years. What, on the other hand, would it take for somebody to discourage you in that? I, I think of my teenage years, and I too had encouragement the right direction. But what do you think it causes young people to stray away from uh, that that calling that they felt as a young person? I would say primarily they stray away from God's will or God's plan when they stray away from God. And I think it's so important that they themselves have a walk with the Lord. And as a young person, I did have my time with God and I'd read my Bible and I would pray and God would speak to me through his word. And so that was, that was really the foundation of it. 
And I think that even if there are discouraging voices, a young person can still be obedient if they stay close to the Lord and continue to develop their own personal relationship. It cannot be uh, piggybacking on someone else's walk with God. It must be personal. But I do think initially the, the, the desire, the possibility can be greatly discouraged. You know, people could will say things like, you know, that's nice, but um, there's a lot of need here. Um, or, you know, maybe you're not qualified or, or even put other things in your path and say, well, maybe pursue this first. And then you always have something to fall back on, you know, learn a trade or learn some skill. And it can really uh, short circuit. I think I think young people get involved when it comes to dating and relationships and that they maybe um, don't bring God's will and God's plan into that. And so they could marry a person who has no desire to go to the mission field. But I think ultimately, um, no matter what comes our way, if we continue to walk with God, he'll help us to be obedient and to live out his plan for our life. So you've been in Northern Ireland now for five years. What is it that you're you're accomplishing in your ministry? You mentioned to me earlier that you're a church planter. What does that mean in Northern Ireland? Okay, when we first came over, we worked in another church plant that uh, missionary Ronnie Smith started, Roe Valley Baptist Church, and we worked there. We actually filled in for a year while he was on furlough. Uh, it was a good opportunity to get our feet wet in the culture, in the country. And then um, after that, we helped a little bit with the church when uh, Brother Smith came back. Then we started a church in our home uh, four years ago, nearly four years ago, in a town called uh, Londonderry. It's a, a, a work that has a lot of new believers and young Christians, and so... It's just uh, faithfully discipling them, training them, and as they grow and then they begin to reach their friends, the church will grow. So that's we're working in that church, and then about a year ago, Brother Smith uh, left the Mishfield, went back to America, and so we took over that church again in Limavady as the missionary pastor to help it grow and get stronger. It's, it's still not the point where it could you know, pay its own pastor and be be uh, indigenous, but uh, we're working towards that. So, are there other churches there that are already established churches without pastors? I know that's true a lot in England and other parts of the UK. We are in a pretty sad state here. There are quite a few uh, Baptist churches that have no pastor. There is a really a great need for laborers and even for men that would do itinerant work. I have several friends in England, and they 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 um, you know they're older and they'll go around and kind of just fill pulpits and pulpit supplies. So if anybody's listening, that it you know maybe doesn't necessarily feel like church planning, but would be willing to come and preach and to feed the flock and uh, to maybe foster and encourage others to step up and take leadership. There is a great need here in this part of the world for that. I've often wondered that in in that part of the world where there have been churches for years and years in the past, and, and many good churches that now are without pastors, are they accepting to an American who raises his support to go over there and, and become a pastor? Do they accept that, or does it really have to be somebody that's willing to build a new congregation? 
Well, there's definitely a difference when you move into taking existing congregations versus starting a church. And there are traditions in the churches that have been going on for many, many years that would probably, you'd have to evaluate whether you were okay with keeping a lot of those traditions. For example, head coverings, um, having a, a gospel service. A lot of the churches here, every Sunday evening, they have a gospel service. It's a pure gospel message, even if there's no one saved. And that's just a sort of just a, something they've always done, you know. So there would be things like that you'd have to evaluate. But I think if you could work through some of those issues, I think there is a lot of work that could be done. And I would like to think that they would be open to, you know, having an American fella come and be the pastor. And we've had a couple churches talk to us about coming in a pastoral role, but that's not really the the role God has put in our heart right now. uh, But it's a great need. Tell us a little bit about Northern Ireland. How is it? What is its relationship? Is it a separate country or is it uh, connected to the UK, to Great Britain? or to Ireland itself? It depends on who you talk to. Northern Ireland officially is part of the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom's full name is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Great Britain refers to England, Scotland, and Wales. And then, of course, Northern Ireland is the northern part of the island of Ireland. Um, So it is... is politically under the control of the United Kingdom, but it's a kind of a separate, it'd be almost like, I guess you would like a state. Um, in America, there's 50 states, but one you know, central government. Here, there's four uh, provinces or four states, uh, Northern Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, but they're all part of the United Kingdom. And so that's uh, politically and technically what it's a part of. However, for the Republican uh, people in Ireland, these are people that believe that the whole island should be united. They do not acknowledge the rule of Britain in Ireland. And so they would still see it as part of the island of Ireland and they would push for that. And there would be people even that live in Northern Ireland that would not feel any loyalty whatsoever to the United Kingdom. And so that, of course, has been the subject of controversy and contention here for a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) Are you able to travel freely then between Northern Ireland and the rest of the country or the rest of Ireland? Yes, you can. There's no border uh, control or anything. You you will notice the change between kilometers down south to miles per hour and the road signs. But other than that, you just drive right on across. Tell us something about Northern Ireland that that we probably don't know something interesting and unique about the country. Okay. Well, Northern Ireland is where St. Patrick uh, had his headquarters in a place called Armagh, they say. And he was, he was not Irish. He was actually British from somewhere around Scotland. Um, And he laid the foundation for early Christianity here and was uh, definitely not a Catholic. He was, a Bible-believing Christian, believed in salvation by grace through faith and baptism by immersion. And so we like to claim him as a Baptist, even though he may not have called himself that, but he definitely held to Baptist views and Baptist beliefs. And so 
he was really he laid a great foundation here was the first one of the well his that we know of in history one of the first missionaries to the island and uh so there's a great heritage here even though it's been lost through religion and different things over the years then when was saint patrick's period when when did he live when was he a missionary there he was here the end of the fourth century uh in the 300 so a long time ago wow wow that's that's quite a long time ago do you have a testimony or a story you'd like to share with the listeners i'll just tell one quick story there was a lady in our housing estate which is kind of like a subdivision and she um would come by we had an office outside our house for the church and she would come by and her daughter um, wanted to come to our church and so her daughter began to come and she was um, not too interested in church herself but wanted her children to come and so her daughter began to come and they would come to different things we were doing but uh, over time we got to know her and we began to do bible studies with her and found out she had grown up in um, kind of like a home that the catholic church had she was reared by nuns and had a pretty rough, uh, rough upbringing, rough childhood. But through the Bible studies, God began to work upon her heart, and she got saved. And the Lord had been changing her, and and then now several of her children have gotten saved, and she's just a real blessing. And she's grown in the Lord, and we're praying for her husband to get saved. And so, to me, I guess it's sort of a classic example of of someone who was far from the Lord coming to know the Lord through the power of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit. And it's just things like that. And there's other people that the Lord's changed their life, saved them, that keeps me going and and uh, makes this worth it to see what the Lord does uh, in changing a life. And it's just a real blessing to see that happen. So just pray for other people like her that the Lord will do the same and will use us to be messengers of the gospel. Do you have a website where the listeners can go to get more information about you and your family? You can go to our blog, Be the Best Place, and the blog is Travis Snowd, T-R-A-V-I-S-S-N-O-D-E dot WordPress dot com. And you can find out, you can stay up to date with news on a regular basis, and you can read, uh, get our contact information and all that's there. I'll have a link to that, travisnode.wordpress.com. I'll have a link to that at the missionarytalks.com website. Uh, so if you don't remember it, you can go back there and, and get that and get to the Snodes website. Well, Travis, it's been great talking to you. As we close today, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? I think there's a common misconception that to be used by God and to make an impact with the gospel in the world, you have to be extremely talented or intelligent um, or something like that. But as we look into the Bible, the Bible says that God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the things um, that are wise. And if you'd have known me as a teenager, you probably would not have thought that I could have given a, a gospel message, let alone gone on deputation and started a church. I was very shy, very backward, but the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit can enable us and equip us to do things that naturally we could not do. And all through Scripture, there was uh, men that were unlikely, but they spent time with Jesus and the Lord prepared them. And so I've just encouraged people to just give their life to God and say, Lord, 
I know I can't do anything on my own, but I will give who I am and what I have to you and just let the Lord use you. Don't let the the thought that you've got to be some super Christian keep you from doing something for the Lord Jesus. Just give your life to God and he can use you and he can equip you and do great things with you. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.